thousands of people have mysteriously vanished in America's wilderness. Join us as we dive into the deep end of the unexplainable and try to piece together what happened. You are listening to Locations Unknown. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locations Unknown. I'm your co-host, Joe Irado, and with me, as always, is a guy who always takes his vitamins, Mike <laughs> Vandebogart. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, and thank you once again for tuning in. Don't have a lot of new announcements for you this week, but I would like to give a shout-out to our new Patreon followers. So we have Elise Bennett, uh, Tina M., Ciara Williams, Colleen Harrigan, uh, Meisenholder, Stephen Gardner, Zach Phipps, Michelle King, and Colin Jones. So uh, just a huge shout out and thank you, you guys. Uh, Joe and I harp on this every episode that it means a lot to us that uh, you guys are you know, helping the show out. So uh, we appreciate the support. And uh, after this, we've got a, we're going to be recording a really exciting and fun Patreon-only episode. One of the creepiest stories I've ever heard from In the Woods. So uh, you won't want to miss it. All right, everybody, let's gear up and get out to explore locations unknown. Unidentified flying objects. UFOs have been the topic of pop culture ever since the first reported encounter. The idea that aliens exist and have been visiting us is exciting and terrifying. Stories about abductions, encounters, and political interactions have been in the headlines in history since humans could write. In this episode, we will cover the most recent revelations regarding UFOs and how we may be near a breakthrough in uncovering the truth. The question, are we alone, has captivated almost anyone that has ever lived. Looking up at the night sky and seeing the thousands of stars always made me question what our place in the universe is. With recent technology, we have learned that beyond what we can see with our eyes, there are billions of other galaxies. In 1995, astronomer Bob Williams wanted to point the Hubble telescope at a patch of sky filled with absolutely nothing remarkable for 100 hours. His colleagues thought it was a terrible idea and a waste of valuable telescope time. For 100 hours, between December 18th and 28th, Hubble stared at a patch of sky near the Big Dipper's handle that was only about 1 30th as wide as a full moon. 
In total, the telescope took 342 pictures of the region, each of which was exposed for between 25 and 45 minutes. The images were processed and combined, then colored, and 17 days later released to the public. What we found were more than 3,000 galaxies that ended up in the image, some roughly 12 billion years old. To break this down, this confirmed that there are hundreds of billions of galaxies like our Milky Way in the universe, and the odds of being alone, in my opinion, are super low. If any of you have ever been out hiking, you know, very remote hiking, I, this has happened a couple times now to me, when you, you know, at night, if you look up and living in the city, you don't see this, but out I was in Hawaii once and then out west once, and to see the disk of the Milky Way galaxy kind of going across the sky is one of the most awe-inspiring things you'll ever see in your life. And when you're looking up there... It's just incredible. It's incredible. It really makes you remember everything going on around us on Earth is is really not that important in the grand scheme of things. We're just a... <laughs> we're just a a fleck of sand on a, a blue dot, a, a beach of, you know, miles of sand. So it, it really is awe-inspiring. Yeah, and, and just to imagine that that's what everybody saw at one point in time. Yeah, because now you have to go to places to get that dark, but before electricity and light, that's what it looked like all the time, anywhere you were at night, if it was clear out. And what's crazy about this project, I'm sure some of our listeners have seen this picture before, but. When they talk about the size of one thirtieth of a full moon, so like look up at the full moon, it's what smaller than like the size of a dime, maybe held out at arm's length. So you take a small square, the one th- thirtieth of that size, and that is the section of sky that the Hubble telescope was pointed at, and in there they found thousands of galaxies. It's incredible, and that's one thirtieth of the size of a full moon. So how many more of it's just incredible how how many galaxies are out there. And I, I've mentioned on a lot of a lot of past shows that I am a big sci-fi. Um, I watch a lot of sci-fi. I'm a big science buff. I watch a lot of documentaries on, you know, space and science and that kind of stuff. And it always I always have a hard time wrapping my mind around when they say something like that galaxy is 12 billion years old. It's like it, it's you're talking about. Uh, lengths and times and distances that are incomprehensible to, you know, humans. I mean, 12 billion years old. I mean, (laughs) well, and what's, what I love about this, what I love about that in specifically is we can only see the light that's in our eyes and that's so far away. It takes time relative to us for that light to travel. So when we see those galaxies, when we see that picture, that picture is, like 12 billion years in the past is what we're seeing. So the time, maybe there is an Earth-like planet that formed and might be technologically advanced at the same rate we are today, but we are seeing that galaxy 12 billion years before current time. And that's it's crazy when you're that distance where light plays an effect like that. Like we're not seeing that right now. We're seeing that 12 billion years ago. That galaxy, one of those galaxies could have you know, turn into a giant black hole and it's no longer in existence. And we might not know for another 12 billion years. Not to dampen the mood, but the, the sad, (laughs) (laughs) the sad reality of how immensely vast space is that if any of you know, any watched any kind of space show, you'll know that the universe is expanding at a quicker and quicker speed. 
And basically, space time itself is expanding faster than the speed of light, which means that a lot of these galaxies that we see will never, ever have a chance to visit. Even if we develop, you know, technology that can get us to the speed of light, there's some most things that you'll see out in the night sky are so far away that we'll just never be able to get to them. I think that's and that's that's kind of the point. We don't have to go on this tangent maybe yeah. for another episode. <laughs> but like when you're when you're thinking about galaxy travel, the speed of light is slow. It's too slow. Yeah. It would have to be some other form of transport which uh people with the appropriate degrees could explain much better than we could, but where you're like creating wormholes and folding space to transport in other places directly and there's lots of different stuff that's going on there, but yeah, in the grand scheme of it, Light is incredibly slow. Light is the for speed travel of it. in space. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. In, it's in, it's insane. So, well, much like so, this discovery was obviously huge. Everyone thought it was going to be a waste of time, but you know, he took the risk and decided, you know, I'm going to do it. And much like many major discoveries of the heavens, it just leaves way more ambiguity. You know, we thought there are only X amount of galaxies, and well, now there's thousands of billions of more galaxies than we ever thought. So that is exciting, but it's also disparaging. Like, kind of like you said, there's so much more we don't know. Mm -hmm. And it also begs the question, if alien life does exist and is advanced enough to traverse that space-time gap, why would they care about us, that that single speck of sand, like you said, Mike, or that we're, we're just that little blue dot where we're, you know, if they can come to us, we're significantly underdeveloped in comparison. I may talk a lot about Star Trek in this episode because I've recently been watching uh, Star Trek Discovery, which if anyone hasn't watched it, it's a really good show. Um, perhaps, you know, these alien civilizations that are vastly more uh, advanced than us have that directive like they do in Star Trek where they they are not allowed to um, make themselves, you know, present to life forms that are less advanced than them that haven't developed that warp technology yet so maybe they're out there and we're just not advanced enough for them to want to talk to us well well we're gonna we're gonna get to that and that's (laughs) the point of this episode because well and and that actually is a great lead-in because why i was excited about doing this episode we talked about it a couple times in previous one is um we're skeptical ourselves Mm -hmm. i i fancy myself the skeptic who wants to believe just like you know, and all the X Files show. I want to believe, but I'm not just gonna believe because I want to. Yeah. I want uh, actual proof. And recently, there is a ton of revelations and outright admissions by governments and former government officials that are not, you know, <clears throat> just the run in the mill people or you know, ex employees. They're they're people who had high ranking positions in the government. Arguably, if you're a conspiracy theorist, the people who should know are these people. Mm-hmm. And it's all come out relatively rapidly in a short time frame. So it's gotten me quite excited. We've talked about it a couple times and it's eventually led to us actually doing the show. Now, Mike. Yes. <laughs> I've always wanted to believe this is true. Okay. And I've always kind of pushed it off like, you know, it seems far-fetched. Mostly because of all the people that come out and talk about this are, you kind of look at them and go, uh. I don't know who you are and you seem like you could be a little insane. (laughs) It's not saying they're lying, but there's also other explanations for it. So I've put together a list of stories that favor more towards aliens are real as far as alternate explanations than anything else. Okay. So I approach all these things with, I'd say the, um, the appropriate amount of giddiness because I'm excited. (laughs) Um, but I just won't believe anything until, you know, it's, 
officially proven. Yeah. So with that as like the the predicator to all of this, just so you know where I'm coming from, where I want to believe, but there's a big, deep scientific part of my body that says, I'm going to try and explain everything away if I can. Mm-hmm. So the first major news break, and I forget what show we mentioned it in. It wasn't even relative, but I was just so excited. Uh, the Pentagon officially, and if you don't know this already, it's because they haven't put a big spotlight on it, which is just disgusting to me. But the Pentagon has officially released that uh, they have physical evidence of off-world vehicles not made on the Earth. That is the statement. Physical evidence of an off-world vehicle not made on this So Earth. was this an official Pentagon statement or an ex That is the statement from the Pentagon. We'll have to post and that in came, the, the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we have the copy of it. It's from the Pentagon's UFO unit, yeah. which up until the statement was released was a theorized unit they had that they never admitted to, and they outright came out, released documents that they have a unit for investigating unidentified flying objects, which arguably is not weird because unidentified flying object is just that. It could be a aircraft from another country that's spying that we haven't seen before, Mm -hmm. and we don't know what it is. It doesn't mean it's aliens per se, but we'll get into some of the stories. And again, the statement was physical evidence of off-world vehicles, so off-world not made on this earth. So they called it a vehicle that wasn't made here that came from space, essentially. (laughs) This came as the Pentagon UFOs unit is expected to release some of its classified findings in which experts are calling the most substantial development in extraterrestrial life claims. One former U.S. official, Eric Davis, said he briefed the U.S. Department of Defense in March about the retrieval of off-world vehicles not made to this earth. This was March last year. Okay. The former Pentagon consultant and subcontractor said objects he believed we couldn't make ourselves have been discovered. So Mr. Davis made the claim that otherworldly vehicles had been placed in U.S. government storage. This comes as secretive Pentagon UFO unit will make some of its investigations public for the first time. And they have released some of those documents. Uh, We'll have to throw some of the links into the documents, but there is more that is expected to still come out. So this comes on the heels of a very famous story from former commander David Fravor. And Mike, have you heard this guy's story? Yeah. So this guy, um, for anybody listening that has not heard of David Fravor, he has been making the rounds for months now. Like he's he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. He was on um, another guy that I listened to. Um, boy, I wish I could remember his name now. But he's... Yeah, I heard... I, you know what's funny? Because Rogan talks about the other podcast he was on saying Lex. it was actually a better interview than what he gave. Yeah. His guy's name is Lex Friedman. He's a, yes, Lex yes. Friedman. he's, if anyone, everyone should go out and subscribe to Lex Friedman on YouTube. He does really good podcasts on all kinds of philosophical issues, science, technology. He had David Fravor on, uh, David Fravor's made appearances in a lot of different documentaries recently about aliens. So he, he has been all over the place. He's the, the F-18 pilot who saw that Tic Tac uh, object that was recorded on his uh, Jets uh, cameras. Yes. So Yeah, and we, we should we can post a link to that video too. Yeah. To your point, the gist was he was dispatched to investigate radar anomalies. So he was dispatched up in, the, in, in his jet and later described what he saw as, uh, and his quote was, like nothing I've ever seen. And Mike, you said it, it was a Tic Tac-shaped object able to turn on a dime and make itself invisible to radar. 
he was followed by other pilots who managed to catch it on video. So it wasn't like one guy who saw something. It was a group of F-18 pilots that saw this and all verified the same story. Yeah. So the clips were leaked in 2017. So this was a while ago, but obviously there was a, a lid on it until all this stuff came out. Um, so it was leaked in 2017 by a UFO research group founded by punk singer Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if it went down to history books as Tom DeLonge was the one who broke the UFO thing open widely enough to make it public? That is <laughs> just That's hilarious just because I'm thinking of two songs. I mean, you and I grew up. You know, Blink One Eighty Two. I love, I love Blink One Eighty Two. That was kind of, when we were in high school and you know college. Blink One Eighty Two was a, you know, a pretty big band, and I just remember I two other songs that they sang. I we can't say them on here because they're they're too explicit. But <laughs> I th- I'm sure you know which songs I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, he, he's gonna be the one that ushered in the era of space travel. Yeah, no. Um, uh, so he he leaked the clips uh, with his group in 2017. It was formally declassified in 2020 by the Pentagon. So they are real. They're they're that that's the kind of thing. Is like when you knew the first part, it wasn't a big story because it's like oh, okay, yeah, punk rock singer and his UFO team released some video that looks like well, no, now it's declassified. It's legit. This to me that when this came out, this was kind of the first bit of evidence for me where I'm starting to go okay. You have my attention now because a lot of stuff has come out in the past, including, you know, these alien autopsy videos and all, you know, it yeah. seems like every UFO video you find is grainy and it's, you know, you can't verify its authenticity and everything. Mm-hmm. It This is the first time we've had official Defense Department people releasing a video that, you know, a fighter jet recorded and confirming that, yep, this is real and we have no clue what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His quote was, this is not like we saw it and it was gone or I saw lights in the sky and it's gone. We watched this thing on a crisp clear day with four trained observers. Fravor said, he said he tried to get close to it, but he did it. But as he did, it accelerated so quickly, it was gone in half a second. I remember telling the guy in my backseat, dude, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty weirded out. Once he landed, Fravor mentioned that the ob- the object to another pilot, Chad Underwood, Underwood found the UFO, aimed his radar at it, and got jammed. He's telling the radar, stare down the line of sight, whatever it is, I want you to grab it and build a trace file on it, which will tell you where it is, how fast it is, and the direction it was going, Fravor told Friedman, according to the station that was reporting the story initially. The radar is smart enough that when the signal comes back, if it's been messed with, it will tell you. It will give you indication that it's being jammed. It's being jammed into about every mode you can see. You can tell you're being jammed, he said. When you actively jam another platform, that's technically an act of war, Fravor told Friedman. He even said the UFO was capable of achieving flight that was not possible with other current understandings of physics. The object was hovering around 60,000 feet above sea level and dove to about three feet above sea level in an instant. We are unaware of any earthly object or invention that can function in that way. Commander Fravor may be the most credible UFO witness in history currently. So this story is absolutely incredible. And just that last piece is insane to me. And I think it could mean one of two things. There are aliens out there or some other country or our own has developed technology that defies all known laws of physics. And in this case, I honestly think the latter is the least likely option. And that's why it's exciting to me. Yeah, this is incredible too. As someone who's grown up around pilots and flying, I've been, you know, my, as I've said my the past, my 
my dad's a pilot and all my life growing up, uh, I would go flying with him and his friends and hearing Fravor talk about how this object behaved really for anybody who understands kind of a basic understanding of physics and how flight works, the things this object was doing is impossible. I mean, it, yeah, it would have, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it would have to be, yeah. I don't even know what kind of technology could have something go from 60,000 feet to three feet in an instant. I mean, it's beyond anything I think. And a speed that an F-18 can't catch. So here, here's how to make it even crazier, Mike. Yeah. I can't imagine anything that's capable of being airborne, stopping on a dime and going the other direction at the same speed, even if it's 10 miles an hour. You know, maybe those tiny drones that they race with come kind of close. They can go full speed, come to a stop, and then go backwards, but there's that slowdown period. When he says this thing stopped on a dime, it's going at speeds faster than his jet could catch, yeah. then stopping instantly and going another direction. Yeah, and I mean, if if there's any kind of, you know, if that was a human-made craft and someone was piloting it they would be you know a pancake on the wall um well you even if there was no one in there think about the materials that can withstand those types of g-forces imagine doing mock to zero and then going mock the other way there i like what material can sustain that type of that's why i i'm in agreement with you i i don't know what this thing is but i highly doubt it's some top secret project of another country because the technology that I can imagine that you would need for something like this is probably a thousand years away. <laughs> I bet it's North. I bet it's North Korea. I yeah. bet they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> They've been pulling the wool over us. They're actually super advanced civilization, and they all the news that comes out of there is like they're not working out. Yeah, they're actually like really great people, and they don't want the rest of us because we're terrible to intervene. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Uh, th- no, th- that's fake. Yeah. <laughs> that, I don't actually believe that, just for people listening. Disclaimer. That was a joke. Disclaimer. We, we're going to have more disclaimers on our podcast going forward. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, well, I don't want people to think that I think North Koreans so advanced they can, you know, do intergalactic space travel. Yes. It, it's Then we lose credibility. It, totally not related, but it. this reminds me, that disclaimer, the joke I just made, it just reminded me, I saw a commercial the other day where this uh, dune buggy with two astronauts is driving on the moon and they go over a cliff and on, on the bottom of the screen, it says, do not attempt. I was like, <laughs> who, who has to see that to say, Oh, I shouldn't do that. Like that's, that was pretty funny to me. <laughs> I just, okay. Last one, I promise. Cause we're going to move on. Yeah. But that reminded me of someone. I just, I just went to dinner with someone last night and we were joking about how the information age is kind of dumbed down society and I saw this on the internet somewhere, so it's not mine, but they said, we've gone from auto uh, auto manufacturers having user manuals that come with your car that tell you how to adjust the timing uh-huh. to telling you not to drink the contents of the battery. <laughs> <laughs> don't, put so, the, don't put the gas nozzle at the gas station in your mouth. Exactly. Like that, that's like... <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. So, All right. We'll we'll move on because there is more. So this is early December of last year. Former Israeli space security chief Haim Ashid, I think that's how it is, said that Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation. So he (laughs) straight up came out. He's no longer the head security. But this is like the top guy for space security for Israel. And he comes out and just says, yeah, we've been in contact 
with extraterrestrials from a, from a galactic federation. I, yeah, I remember reading that, and I was thinking, I know he's, uh, I think he's like eighty seven, so he's he's retired, and he's he's pretty old. But I was trying to think, at that age, you know, his career is done. He had a respected career. I was trying to think, all right, why would he lie about this? Why would he make this story up? And I couldn't find a, a you know. Does he want his 15 minutes of fame? You know, what's is he trying to enrich himself? I mean, at that age and a storied career, he's probably pretty well off. I couldn't think of any real clear reasons why someone in, you know, like him would make up this story and lie about it. Um, no, I, I agree. Mean, I th- my first thought was. Maybe he has he's, dementia and. Well, he's my confused. first thought was, was initially that, but then you listen to him talk. Yeah. And he doesn't have a lot of the telltale signs of somebody who doesn't have their thoughts together. I looked at it more of he's 87 and it's end of lifetime. Let's I've been holding on to these things for years time to just spill it. Yeah, he's like they they could come for me. What is, what are they going to do to me? Exactly. Like if <laughs> yeah. yeah, if they if they try and off him or whatever. Um but his his are obviously way more damning if you will. Um, cause he's, he's making claims that we've been in contact. He said the unidentified flying objects have asked to not publish that they're here because humanity wasn't ready yet. So this galactic federation, you can put it around quotes cause that's what he calls it has yeah. been waiting for humans to reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are before they basically reveal themselves. That sounds a lot like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. So he's a respected professor, retired general, said that aliens were equally curious about humanity and were seeking to understand the fabric of the universe. Ashid said cooperation agreements have been signed between the spe- between species, including an underground base in the depths of Mars, where there are American astronauts and alien representatives. So this is where it starts getting a little where I was like, okay, it's starting to get far-fetched, but he's claiming yep. that we've had these contacts for a long time. We have these agreements. There is a base on Mars where American astronauts and aliens basically can meet. So, like, we've already, quote-unquote, been there. My guess yeah. is on their craft, if that's true. Um, but he said there's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here, he said, and added that uh, pre- then at the time President Donald Trump was aware of the extraterrestrial's existence and had been on the verge of revealing information, but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria. <laughs> that made me believe it because I thought of a guy like Trump, not to get into politics, but like if he heard about something like that, his mouth just runs. So his fingers would type. I, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had a fun day thinking about Trump trying his best not to tweet about aliens. Oh. <laughs> Man, that would be a fly in the wall that day in the Oval Office. Probably had the tweet ready to go on his phone, and he's like, oh, I probably shouldn't. No, I can't I'm, believe I it. There's aliens out there. I want to tell everybody. <laughs> this no, is this the, story. This uh, is the greatest discovery yeah. of mankind. We've already been to Mars. I just need to yeah. send out a tweet. They're holding his arms back. Mr. President, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, this this story obviously is uh, you know more far out there. I I would have to see evidence to really get behind this one, but it does make for, you know, someone should do a movie on this, a sci-fi movie. Yeah, I think it'd, it'd be a great premise. He said yeah. they've been waiting uh, for a day for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we'll understand in general what space and spaceships are, and they're basically watching us. So mm-hmm. the White House and Israeli officials didn't immediately respond. Uh, NBC News reached out 
uh, and requested for comment. So Sue Go, a spokesperson for the Pentagon, declined to comment. Uh, that I don't think means anything. I yeah. think if, if if it's true, they're ignoring it because if you ignore it, it goes away. Um, or it's not true, and they're so busy they're not going to deal with another UFO related thing if they got other things going on. Yeah. Um, a spokesperson for NASA said one of the agency's key goals was a search for life in the universe, but that it had yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life. And a spokesperson said in a statement, although we have yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life, NASA is exploring the solar system and beyond to help us answer fundamental questions, including whether we're alone in the universe or not. Um, I Here's the deal. David Fravor's story, 100% on the up and up. This one, I'm leaning 80-20. 80% being maybe some of it's real, 20% maybe not. Although yeah. with all the stuff coming out now, it feels more real. If you ask me how real that story was five years ago, I'd be like, oh, that guy's probably just a nut job. Yeah. Uh, and that's just me being honest. I think with all the revelations and how like we're kind of just declassifying stuff and it's things that we've never seen or imagined before coming out that's official, uh, to, to think that maybe there's some sect of the government that has been dealing with aliens and maybe even NASA doesn't know. It's so top secret. It's like the Pentagon only knows about it. So NASA's being honest. They don't know about it because maybe they don't. And there's like, you know, 20 people in total that know about this. I don't know. Well, you know, that is a good point. Uh, I mentioned this documentary a couple episodes ago, uh, the, the documentary on Amazon called The Phenomenon. And a former... I think he was assistant secretary of defense mentioned that in the U S government, there is a top secret classification that's even beyond the president. So there are secrets that the federal government has that, you know, the president isn't even aware of. So in that sense, <clears throat> I could see how something could maybe be concealed you know, even the highest levels of government don't know oh, what's going absolutely. on. Absolutely. I mean, look at look at politicians. I won't get political for one party, but there's a lot of people that you wouldn't want to know certain things in all aspects of <laughs> politics. Am I right? Like whether you like the presidents or not, or like Congress people or not, there's a lot of smart ones. There's a lot of dumb ones. There's a lot of corrupt ones. You know, they're people. Yeah. And people are flawed in general. So if you have some, you know, I I won't make a, a soapbox statement on if it's okay to withhold information from the public or not. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, I, I've heard it said before, and I've had some friends and I know people that have had higher levels of access, nothing super big, but they talk about if everyone knew of all the threats that were going on all the time, you wouldn't be able to live your life. So it's kind of like we, we, we have a government in order to deal with certain things. So we don't have to on a daily basis, whether everyone thinks that's good or bad or indifferent, yeah. that's just the truth. And something this monumentous Maybe it's good they didn't tell people. Maybe it isn't. But regardless, I think it's still possible that there are people that know things that the presidents will never know, that Congress people will never know. And, you know, who knows? They're 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 keeping that all locked up, whether it's for better or worse. Yeah, I think uh, in that regard, I think there might be some truth. But I, I'm with you on this one. I think I'm going to go even maybe farther in a limb and say – 90% BS, maybe 10% fact. I think <clears throat> as I do feel like something's going on, not to get all conspiratorial or anything, but I do feel like recently something has been building to like some big release that they're going to mention, you know, a year from now, two years, I don't know when, 
But it, it seems strange that all of this information has kind of been trickling out at a faster and faster pace. So who knows? Maybe in a year from now we'll find out there's a galactic federation and there's a base <laughs> on Mars. I mean. Well, uh, so we have one more that maybe will bring your belief down to my level. Okay. So it's a former uh, defense minister from Canada. Yeah. He's got some pretty wild claims about alien life. So the here's a he's like a breakdown of those claims. Okay. He says there are at least four types of alien species that have been visiting Earth for thousands of years. The different species probably have different agendas and should not be considered as one entity. One of the species is called the Tall Whites, and Heller, that's his name, claims that two of them are working with the United States. So he said there are living extraterrestrials on Earth at this present time, and this one, again, there's always kind of like that one that's a little off. A cabal yeah. formed by the Council on Foreign Relations, the Bilderbergers, the Triadal, Triadal Commission. The Trilateral. Trilateral, my bad. <laughs> the International Banking Cartel, the Oil Cartel, and select members of the military are planning to create a one-world government. They are the ones suppressing the information about aliens from the public. So that's, again, the big claim. But what, what freaks me out, and I wouldn't say freaked me out, but doesn't just write these people off. The guy from Israel and this guy from Canada were at the highest levels of government that would know these things. So did now those are two people who have since retired. Yeah. Different countries, roughly the same qualifications, a level of security access saying somewhat similar things. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. have, you know, he says we're meeting on Mars. This guy says they're trying to make a one world government. Um, in the craziness that's been going on, it doesn't feel that far off. Um, so he said, ostensibly, the tall whites struck a deal with the American government shortly after arriving on Earth. Charles Hall has alluded to some kind of technology exchange program and has also implied that many of the society's wonders that we actually enjoy today are just basically piggybacked from alien discoveries that have been clandestinely shared with our government. This I kind of believe. If you look at the trajectory of our technological development, it's insane. And <laughs> yeah. some of it like like quantum computing. Yep. And it could be that I'm so simple minded, I don't I like kinda understand it. I watch videos for hours on quantum mechanics and to figure and, and I get it because someone explained it to me, but you have to look at it through the lens of how did we discover that? Yeah. No, it's um that so <clears throat> the first statements you were making about the the Bilderbergs and the the com- you know, commissions and things like that, I whenever I hear some kind of conspiracy and they start mentioning, I know the Bilderbergs are always in. They're in like every conspiracy. <laughs> they're tied to everything. They're always yeah. You always you know it's the uh, the the banking cartels and the, so that kind of stuff. I I yes. kind of. I kind of brush off like, uh, you know, every yeah, because it's par for the course conspiracy theory. It's yeah, everyone's but, been saying it. Nothing ever happens. So it's like, OK, great. Yeah. Another one that mentions them. Yeah. The technology exchange thing is interesting because I am also I, I love history. And if you look at the history of technological advancement, you'll see that from like the discovery of fire to the invention of the wheel was thousands of years. And it took us, you know, a thousand years to go from one like I the stone age to the bronze age and I mean up until the last hundred years really it took a really long time to kind of advance and then all of a sudden you know 
1900, there were no cars, planes, or anything. And within less than seven years, we were landing on the moon. Yes. I mean, that's... That's insane. In the, in the, we the went from not of, having a car. I know. We, we didn't have an internal combustion engine for a car to yeah. the moon in 60 years. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, you look at that and you kind of, uh, you know, that, you step back like, wow. That, that's, I mean, it... It we went thousands and thousands of years as a, a species advancing slowly, and then in a blink of an eye, we're landing on the moon. I mean, that to me, you know, may, it, you know, that's like a quarter of a blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah, in, in all reality, it's probably not aliens. It's probably just as you develop technology, after a certain point, it starts getting exponentially better. Just because you know, once you have computers that can start doing calculations for you, it becomes easier to to you know do harder things but you know i there's probably a slight probability that there is this alien exchange and that's why we have gps and you know flat screen tvs and all the other amazing marvels that we use day to day like uh, our iphones um the the amount of computing power that you have in your pocket now i think uh, i think the quote they always say is the computer on the apollo program that went to the moon would be compared to like a four function calculator now yeah, it was um, like eighty kilobytes of data was computer something. Like yeah, that. so it's it's mind boggling, and I, I love thinking about that kind of stuff because it makes me just wonder what will it be like in five hundred years from now. Um, yeah, arguably, uh, well, arguably at the rate of growth, thirty years from now, like it, you half that time. We went from no technology at all to the moon in sixty years. Yeah, it's like now we're at some fever pitch level of AI. And I think, you know what it comes down to? I think that they do exist, and Elon Musk is one of them, and his whole agenda, <laughs> his whole existence is to slowly bring us into this era. Like, he could, he like, he wants to go to Mars because he's already been there, and he's like, we got to slowly go to Mars so people don't, like, melt down and explode. That's like, just that's homie I, just wants to go back. <laughs> yeah, he's a tall white, and he's like, all right, I'm, he, he, part of the Galactic Federation, I'm going to go to Earth, I'm going to make this tech thing, and become a billionaire. And then I'm going to start this space company with, I want to live on Mars, even though we're already here, but that's how we get people to get used to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like we mentioned earlier, I, I'm still very skeptical, but I, my, the sci-fi in me, the sci-fi lover in me wants this to be true. I want to think that there's, you know, government agents doing back alley deals with aliens for new technology that just sounds so cool <laughs> on mars <laughs> yeah on mars so i'd say one thing's for sure regarding aliens and ufo's that i think differ significantly from other supernatural phenomenon it's like so like with bigfoot we've got this great technology now but we can only seem to get these grainy videos of it and like you get them it's so it's it's those are things like all right this is obviously fake as technology advances you expect you know, the, the quality of what you're tracking to get better. And we're seeing that with unidentified flying objects and aliens. I yeah. think their technology, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to step into the realm of they exist. That's where I'm, I'm talking from now. They have technology that is far outweighing our capacity if they exist. But as our technology gets better, we're starting to catch them more. So like the David Fravor thing is we're kind of starting to catch them where maybe they've been there the whole time, but now we're slowly catching up and we're able to see these things and we're understanding more and people are becoming more accepting. So maybe it is the Pentagon's releasing these initial documents to say, hey, we're we're testing the waters to see how the public reacts. 
And quite honestly, nobody reacted. That came out and I was like, this should be the biggest story for the whole week. And it like came and went in a day. Yeah. And just uh, so we don't both agree, I, I'll play devil's advocate. Yes, please I, do. Yeah, I, I am not going to go as far as to say there's intelligent life maybe visiting Earth. But I do, I do believe because the universe is so vast and there's so, you know, like we were talking thousands, millions, billions of galaxies out there with trillions of stars and planets. I almost 100% believe that somewhere out there, there's some form of, you know, life, maybe it's bacteria, you know, some type of uh, fungus or, you know, who knows what it is. Is it intelligent? Who knows? Maybe humans were the first, species in the universe to gain a level you know get to an intelligent level who knows maybe all the other smart aliens died off yeah or someone's gone through their gilded age and had an extinction event ten thousand years ago already like we we've missed that time window i truly do believe that we probably will discover microbial life in our lifetimes somewhere either on mars or on one of the moons around jupiter i think i think we will learn of that discovery before we die, assuming we live to, you know, 80, 90 years old. <laughs> um, will at this we, rate, we might be living to like 150. We'll have like a, yeah, at least we'll, another 100 <laughs> years of this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if will we will we find intelligent life in our lifetimes. Who knows? I think we will 100% at some point learn of microbial uh, alien life. Which is exciting and terrifying because I I just picture us going to another planet and contracting some crazy alien virus that just wipes the whole species out. (laughs) Yeah, that totally is going to (laughs) happen. That seems to happen everywhere. In every movie, everything, you get exposed to a new environment and you're going to die. Or we end up killing them all off. Like Either way, the weaker of the two is going to kill the other one off, unfortunately. Um uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any comments on that outside of that's probably going to happen. Um, but can you imagine us doing this podcast with knowing that there's aliens and then it's locations unknown gal- galaxy edition where we just like <laughs> yeah talk about people going missing in space? <laughs> yeah, well, um, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know, 2020 was one of the craziest years of my life. Just, you know, looking at everything in a macro level. Yeah. Um, 2021 has not disappointed so far. So <laughs> I think it's, it's amped up the craziness. Uh, We're ripe for aliens to just show up in March. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's so, three months in. It's about time for that alien invasion. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, who knows where this year will lead us, but, um, yeah, this is a, this was a fun episode. Joe and I always like to sprinkle these, these kind of goofy episodes in to kind of, you know, mix it up. Yeah, I need to allow myself to have fun and not be the skeptic all the time. So this is my right. opportunity to really believe aliens exist. And uh, yeah, and yeah, we're gonna take it from we're there. gonna do some other uh, some other cool episodes down the road. I know Joe, we've talked about doing you know some episodes on like historical mysteries, like yes, um, the Holy Grail, or um, there's there's a ton of them. There was there's like twenty that I want to get to. Probably take us like ten years to do, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I've got time. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't have anything else, Joe. No. Well, thanks again for tuning into our show. As usual, we appreciate all of you for listening and sharing Locations Unknown with your friends and family. 
Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you prefer to listen on YouTube, these always get loaded up there. There's usually a little bit of a delay because we got to put it up. And you can subscribe to our show as well and watch other video content that we post. Mike's always posting stuff about the national parks and other things. And if you would like to support our show financially, you can visit our Facebook store and buy some cool swag that helps also as a walking billboard. And otherwise, you can join on in our Patreon account where we are releasing Patreon-only episodes to the public. So if you like what you're hearing and want to hear more, uh, go over to Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You will have access to these other episodes, plus each tier. Uh, we do swag at different tiers, too. So you get you get more stuff if you do higher tiers like hats and bumper stickers and things and like that. And I will that. say, uh, I'll just add, uh, we now have a private RSS feed for our Patreon only episodes. Ooh, perfect. So, so they'll get notified. Pa- yeah, so you just load the link into any podcasting app that you prefer and uh you'll get notified right on your phone when a new episode's posted on Patreon and the links get sent to you as soon as you sign up to your email. There it's a custom link just for you and it it only works while you're a subscriber. So if you you know cancel your subscription, it would stop working, but so we just added that so just to make it easier for people to listen. Awesome. Oh, and I will say one more thing. Um, we, we didn't have a sponsor script form, but you can still go on vergercbd.com and use the unknown 20 promo code. Some people were asking about that. It is still going to be live. Uh, for what I know, it's going to be live for a very long time, so you can get your 20% off. And lastly, remember when enjoying the beauty of nature, whether backpacking, camping, or just taking a walk, always remember to leave no trace. Thanks, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>